Welcome to Iro Live with host Bob Bay. So last week, I went into more depth about this list that we're making. We're making this list, and in one column or one section or one, one page, whatever, however you're journaling this, you're going to have the thing of this list of stuff in your life. I'm being real general about that because if you listen to God, God will tell you. If you don't know if you're hearing from God and you're sitting there and you think of something and you think, I wonder if that should be on the list, it should be on the list. A lot of times that's how God prompts us. A list of things that we have done and a list of things that have been done to us. And we want to have the names on there. If you don't know the people or if maybe it's just a wide range of people, if you did a wide range of people wrong over a period of time and you can't list everybody or you don't remember everybody, you know what? I fell into that category. <laughs> and uh, I just had to put general things on there. I heard a lot of people. I also talked last week and I, I kind of just touched on the thing of the devil as our adversary. First he comes as a tempter. And then when we succumb to that temptation, he becomes the accuser. And then when we succumb and we listen to the voice of the accuser, he becomes the devourer. I'm sure that you guys can all think of times in your life, I know I can, think of situations in my life where I use drugs a lot as an example for things because I was a drug addict. Maybe you haven't ever been a drug addict, but insert your thing here. Insert your issue wherever it belongs, right? I started out drinking and doing drugs. I didn't consciously think, okay, I'm going to self-medicate with this. That wasn't the way it was. I was just partying and having a good time. I enjoyed it. In the beginning, it was enjoyable, right? Is that okay for me to say? You know, have a few beers, go out partying a little bit, you know, and, and uh, maybe I shouldn't say it was fun, but it was, right? But then it turned. Something happened. Something happened, and it became not quite so fun and became more of a, I needed to do it. And I can't tell you exactly when that was or what happened, but something happened. And it became more of a need than a want. And I began making stupid choices while I was drinking, and I made stupid choices to get the drugs. And I made irresponsible choices while doing drugs. And you know what I'm saying? There's just the irresponsibility, the stupidity, the poor choices. I would get drunk and do things I'd be ashamed of. And that would allow the enemy to come in and become an accuser. Hey, you remember what happened last night? I mean, it wasn't like there was an audible voice in my ear. What was happening, he was whispering into my soul through the spirit realm. I know that's kind of freaky. But he was whispering into my soul through the spirit realm. Can't believe you did that last night. Can't believe you did that. You know those people you were with. You know they think you're stupid now, don't you? Just giving, I'm just giving you examples out of my life. He began to accuse me. I would start feeling guilty. I would start feeling bad about things. And that allowed him to get his claws into me. And he began devouring me. The Bible says that he goes about to and fro, seeking who he may devour. You know, like a roaring lion. 
And he began devouring me because I began listening to those accusation words in who I was, and that made everything worse. And so I drank and did more drugs to cover the pain. It got worse. Now, maybe your thing was different. Maybe that caused you to fall into sexual sin. Maybe it caused you to do other things. I don't know. But you can find your place in it. Maybe it caused you to compromise in relationships in ways that you knew you shouldn't compromise. Maybe you compromised in ways that you didn't ever think you would. Maybe you did things that you didn't think you would ever do. But you were put in a situation and, and you rationalized and justified it all because of what was going on inside you. Our scriptural reference is 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Now, you may miss this if you're if you're just studying on Corinthians, First Corinthians overall, it may be something that you're like, oh well, that doesn't have anything to do with it. It has everything to do with what we're talking about. And so let me just set this up real quick so I can go through it real quick. In First Corinthians chapter four, Paul is he's he's been talking to the Corinthians. And for those of you who don't know who the Apostle Paul is, I'm just going to real quick give a summary. The Apostle Paul originally had been called Saul, and he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was like a religious leader at the time. He was a religious leader and a Roman citizen. He had privilege. He had money. He had privilege. He had power, and he had prestige. He could go before the high priest and get letters, and he persecuted Christians. He actually put them to death, killed them, had them killed. He was there holding the garments when Stephen, the first martyr, was martyred and stoned. Saul at that time was keeping the garments, you know, people's robes. He had an encounter on the road to Damascus while he was on his way to go persecute Christians. He had an encounter with Jesus. At this encounter, his life was changed. And that's when he became the Apostle Paul. He became Paul. Everything was changed. He gave up his position. He gave up his power, his prestige. He gave up his money. You know, when the, he talks in the Bible about he, he knows what it is to be abased and, and to abound. He abounded before. But when he began following Christ because he had to leave all of that stuff, he was abased. So that's who the Apostle Paul was. Here's the Apostle Paul. So let me set this up in chapter 4 of what's happening. The people at Corinth have been doing all kinds of stuff. And so Paul was trying to correct them and set them straight. But this is what was happening. A lot of people in Corinth didn't respect Paul. They were saying all kinds of mean things. Is it right if I say they were talking crap about him? Some people say that that's like cussing. They were talking smack about Paul. They didn't respect him. And they were talking to other people saying, you shouldn't be listening to this guy. He ain't nothing. He don't know what he's talking about. You should listen to Apollos. He's the guy. Or you should listen to Peter. They know what they're talking about. This Paul guy, he ain't nothing. Because remember, he had given up all of this stuff. He had persecuted the Christians and all of that. Imagine being somebody. Okay, here's Paul. God's called him to go out and spread the word of the gospel. 
And everybody knows who he is, and they know what he's done, and they know where he's been at. Now just think about this for a minute in relation to what's going on now and where we're at. Everybody knows where Paul's been. They know what he's done. They look at him, he's got no money, he's got nothing because he's just serving God and he gave up all of that stuff and they don't know. And they're talking smack about him all the time. And so how does that relate? I've talked about the things that we do so often, they get inside of us and we think about them and the conversations we have with ourselves and we accuse ourselves. And so the three reasons why we're getting this stuff down and why we're wanting to deal with this is one, we want to get it out of here and onto a piece of paper. We want to get it out of our heads and onto a piece of paper. Why? So it can be dealt with. Then I talked about the thing, how the devil uses those thoughts and those things that have gone on in our lives to accuse us and make us feel bad and uses that to make us feel like we're garbage. Those things have to be dealt with so that when he comes, it's just like if somebody that you know comes to you, like Leroy, if you come to me and you know I've done something, I mean, we're both in the building trades, and you know that I can't drive a nail to save my life. And you come to me and you say, Bob, you are a terrible carpenter. You can't even drive a nail. You're horrible. So I say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to learn how to drive a nail. I'm going to learn how to drive a nail. I learn how to drive a nail, and Leroy comes and says, you, you're a terrible carpenter. You can't drive a nail. Watch this. Two whacks, I drive that nail. It takes the power away from it, right? So the accuser comes and wants to accuse us. But if it's dealt with, in a way we're going to talk about, if it's dealt with, when he comes to accuse, he's got no ground. There's nothing he can do. So he can say all he wants, but there's no traction in it. And the third thing is other people. The enemy will use other people to make us feel bad, make us feel less than we are make us feel like we will always be stuck where we are. Nothing's gonna change. It's all hopeless. We'll never amount to anything. We're always gonna be junk. It's just the way it is. And people will do that because of where they're at. And the enemy will use them. So we have ourselves, the devil, and other people that are coming against us. And that's exactly what Paul, where Paul was. You, When you go through this stuff, you sink into depression and you start feeling depressed and hopeless and it doesn't do any good just to say well don't feel like that just don't feel like that there's a grip that this stuff has on the inside of us that it has to be dealt with in a supernatural way we can't just say oh don't feel like that i i shouldn't feel like that because it'll always come back to us it'll always come back we still know what we did we still know, and it still has the power to hold us down. But so, this is what Paul says. He says, or in verse 3 of chapter 4, he says, uh, But with me, it's a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by a human court. So he's saying, your opinion of me doesn't matter. In fact, I don't even judge myself. Yet I am not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. 
And so what he's saying is, I know these things that are going on here, but I don't even put judgment to that. Why? Why can he say that? Because he's been forgiven and delivered from that. So what other people think of him doesn't matter anymore. What he, what he thinks of himself doesn't matter anymore. Because this supernatural thing happens when we have this encounter with God. And he comes in and, and he, he gives us that, what he says is that peace that passes all understanding. When we have that peace, it'll allow us to come out. Because you guys, I've talked to you about this. And I'm going to talk more about this in, in the weeks ahead. I walked around with shame and guilt over all the stuff I did. I had done when I was drinking and doing drugs. It felt like I had this sign on my back with all of this stuff on it. And so when I would go anywhere, when I would meet new people, when I would go to job interviews, when I would interact with people, subconsciously down inside, it was as if they knew all of this nasty stuff that I had done. And so I would react according to that junk. And so I couldn't get past it. I couldn't get through it. I couldn't get beyond it. And if anything, in this, in walking through this process, and walking through these steps, that peace, that all of that junk lifted off of me. And I'll tell you, my situation didn't change right away. I had spent all the money that I, could, that I made. I had spent all the money that I could borrow. And I stole everything that I could steal in order to get what I wanted. I burnt down the house, not literally, not literally, figuratively. I burnt every bridge that I had. And so coming out of it was not easy. It took a couple of years. But the thing was, is when I would come up and I would be tempted to go back because God had done this thing in my life and those things had been supernaturally dealt with, I was able to face these situations and I would think, I would have choice. My neighbor, why won't you have a beer with me anymore, Bob? You some kind of holy roller? No, I'm not at all. I'm not a holy roller at all. But I know what drinking got me and I don't want to live there. I don't want to go through that again. I'm not going back. Oh, come on, Bob. Smoking a little weed ain't going to hurt you. Well, maybe it won't hurt you, but I can't do it. Because if I smoke that weed, I'm going to end up drinking. And if I drink, I'm going to end up doing meth. I tried to do switch one thing out for another. I tried it. I tried to do all that stuff, and I can't. So it wasn't willpower that gave me the ability to do it. When Pam and I would be fighting in the beginning, screaming at each other. Actually, I did a, a lot more of the screaming, but... And I would be doing all that because of the hopelessness and, and feeling like everything was going to, nothing was going to change. That thing that kept us from, that, that thing that kept Pam from killing me in my sleep. That thing that kept us coming back was this supernatural thing that had happened inside of us. So that after we screamed and yelled at each other and we part ways, because God was dwelling in us, it allowed us to come back together and work forward instead of running away from each other and saying, that's it, I forget it. 
And that's exactly what Paul is saying. And so, so many people miss that in this, in this section in there because they're looking at the whole picture as far as the Corinthians and how it applies to them. But this is exactly how Paul talks about. This is how Paul lives his life. He's not judging himself because he knows that God will take care of it. He's not listening to what other people say because God's dealt with this stuff inside. And when they throw this stuff in his face, when they come to him, because they knew, and they come to him and they say, you're that one guy. And he says, well, yeah, that, I did do that. You're right, but I've been forgiven and delivered from that. I don't have to fear that anymore. And he can go on. The devil had no power in him. And so that's what we're doing. We're at the point now. We've got the list. I don't know if you've made the list yet, but you should. You should have the list. Maybe it's not complete. Next week, we're taking that next step. I'm going to begin to talk to you about each phase of this, how each of this is dealt with. You're going to hold on to this list. I know that some people, when they do the next step, they do the fifth step. There's some people in some of the other recovery groups say, oh, yeah, you're going to burn this. You're going to burn it, and it symbolizes letting go and all that. We don't want to do that. We're going to keep it because we're going to use it to build off of as a tool. Down the road, if you want to burn it, when we're done with it, have at it. That'd be awesome. But we're going to begin to dissect what it is on this list and what's going on and where it's affecting us so that God, so that Jesus and his finished work at the cross can redeem us from these things so that we have the ability to walk on and not get stuck in them. Because I'll tell you, your past, everything that happened from right now going backwards will affect all the thoughts and choices that you make from this point forward, whether we like it or not. But if it's dealt with, it just becomes part of your story. I'll talk more next week about the things that happened in my life. There is nothing that's happened in my life that somebody else doesn't know about and that I can't share. But I have a freedom. I am free. Thanks for listening. Please comment and subscribe for upcoming podcasts. To order your copy of My Real Life, go to the Take Action page at our website, reallifeministries-stl.com, or go to Real Life Ministries STL on Facebook.